from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's a special edition. It's going to sound a little different than it normally does. It's because we are on the road. We are recording remotely. This episode coming to you live on tape from Tempe, Arizona. The fix. The PHX. The the Embassy Suites in Tempe, Arizona. Just uh, two exits down uh, from the uh, Arizona Mills Mall where you can catch Oppenheimer in full 70 millimeter IMAX glory. Yes. Uh, We are in the midst of, we're on the last leg. Tonight is the last night of a short baseball road trip between my friend Hiddish and I. You, uh, if you've listened to the episode, the podcast the last couple of weeks, you've heard Hiddish, who has been on sabbatical, but returns to work next week. Well, I use air quotes. I have to go back to work. Right, work. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> uh, but it's been a nice little road trip. It was just a quick getaway out of Los Angeles. Shout out to my wife, who um, came down with COVID the day we left. <laughs> Uh, which we're not laughing at that. It's just the timing is so uh, so messed up. She was fine in the morning. She had a little bit of a runny nose, and then by the time we uh, texted her in the middle of the afternoon, she was uh, she had tested positive for COVID. I myself was a little under the weather earlier in the week. I t- I tested twice, and both results were negative. So I don't know if they just are somehow related, or it's just we just. All right, said bad luck. Let's do a public service, if you don't mind. What's that? Um, so we have this, you know, personal thing about what happened with uh, Nicole and her having COVID. Um, should we be, like, looking at how many days we need to wait to start testing ourselves? Well, that's... That like, is like, a... like, what is the right thing to do? Well, I would, I would test again just to make sure. Uh, I would definitely try to... Uh, before I go back to work, I'll be testing myself to make sure I don't bring anything in. But we were talking about viral loads, because that's what you do when you're on a road trip, right? You talk about viral loads. And <laughs> Who's we got the bigger load? We were saying that I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't do that. It's going to be really loud in the mic. But, um, no, we were talking about, uh, you know, maybe I had a mild case and it wasn't enough to trigger a response in a COVID test, in a home test kit. But it was enough for her to get, right. you know, and as we've seen from the initial wave of this, it affects everyone differently. Yeah. It affects everyone differently. I've so. been exposed to you since Monday. You seem, you, here's so it's, a, been, it's only been a day or two. Here's the thing about you, though. You seem so non-concerned when I told you. I was like, bro, what do you want to do? You're like, meh. <laughs> well, full disclosure, I've had COVID. Uh, I've been inoculated. I've been boosted. Um, if I get COVID again, I know that I've done the things that um, I, I, you know, I've been recommended that I do to make sure that I protect myself. Right. But it doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID. Right. Right. It just means that you've got agents in your body that will help with minimizing the viral load right right so i may get covid again i i I probably had it more than the one time that i know maybe because i've been inoculated it hasn't 
gotten to the level where it's going to disrupt my body's right. System. Well, also, I think part of the reason that it probably hasn't bothered you is because it's all a hoax. Mm. So, COVID is real. No, it's a hoax. And mm. uh, listen, COVID is real. It's just that I've done what I can. What I can do. Listen, so what we, else? Hear, we hear at the why Joe, am I going to worry about it? We hear at the Joe Rogan podcast. Do not. Uh, <laughs> the views and opinions of Hiddish Patel, no matter how much they make sense, do not reflect the views of the Joe Rogan podcast. We can we can guarantee that. No, I mean, look at it from this perspective. Monday morning, Nicole seemed okay when I came to get you. I gave her a nice hug because I hadn't seen her in a while. Oh, that's I wanted true. to wish her a happy birthday because she, she hit that magic number. Right. Right? And so I didn't knowingly you know, expose myself, but I, I did, I can panic about it or I can go, well, what have I done to take care of myself right. and try not to stress about it? Right. I mean, the person I'm hanging out with is you. Should I be going into isolation now when I don't even know if I've been exposed? That's true. We, or I, I've gotten enough of exposure to, to be affected. Right. I'll say one thing that we did wrong and, and I'll fully admit, we probably should not have slept in the same bed last night, which... Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Dude, listen. I know you want to. You want. You want to. You want to speak this into reality. Shit posting. You want to. You want to. You want to like you know verbalize. Oh, yeah. Verbalize what, your what, intent what, and what say are, JK. What do the kids? What do the kids call it? Um, Shit posting. No, no, no. You manifest it. You're trying to manifest. I'm trying to manifest it. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You caught me red-handed. You know there aren't many people that I would let into my bed and. Unfortunately, you didn't make the cut. Damn it, man. Uh, I will say, though, uh, speaking of beds... Well, before we cut away, uh, you know, hopefully uh, my wife does feel better. She, she, I talked to her today. She is feeling much better than she was yesterday, but still not 100%. So hopefully uh, we, she'll figure it out. Or she'll not figure it out, but she will be a little bit better tomorrow. So we're going to have to figure out what I'm going to do when I get home. What do I do? Do I not... Like quarantine? Does she quarantine? Dude, you sequester yourself in your little man garage in my, cave. In my, in my man cave? Yeah. Thank God I cleaned it up before I left. Just in case. Yeah. Uh, no, she seems fine, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, this is this is just to show you we're not done with this disease yet. And you still do need to take precautions. And um, uh, definitely get... A, if you have not had the vaccine yet, I would recommend it. And also, get booster shots. I'm actually due for my COVID booster. I, I've, I've been, we changed insurance and I didn't, I have not made the appointment. I need to do that. This is a reminder. I need to get that done. You know, I've heard that, I've heard uh, on social media, people call it the jab. Mm -hmm. Go get the jab, buddy. Uh, the jab is, that's the same people that use the word woke in uh, the pejorative. Just so you know. You know, can we actually one day spend time discussing, you know, pop culture terms or normal, like, the, vernacular? I mean, what is woke? The, the, to me, woke is like, hey, I'm trying to be aware of not only things that affect me, but things that affect others, and be a more elevated thinker. The, the very simple de definition of woke is being aware of the social injustices that are being okay. th towards others, okay. towards groups that you don't 
aren't necessarily a part of. That's really that's literally the, the trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Exactly. It's the most it's the most uh, literally the most in, innocuous uh, term, but uh, these people just use it as a pejorative. Yeah, and it you, feels like it's like a catchphrase or a catchword to, to describe something bad. Well, it's also I mean so in the in the so you and I would think okay this guy's woke meaning hey this guy's probably aware of you know of the plight of you know minorities or women or trans people or gay people and then but to uh, uh, a hardcore MAGA head. Uh, woke means someone who basically embodies everything that you hate. Um, someone who hates America. Someone who, uh, you know, drinks Bud Light. Someone who, you know, oh, I got to keep stop doing that. But someone who, um, you know, it, it, you're, you're basically your political opposite is what, the way they, 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 they take to mean woke. You know, so yeah, I mean, so it's like being used incorrectly, I think, right? It's well, being, they don't, they don't, they don't have an understanding, nor they, are they going to. They're not going to. The people that use woke in the pejorative are not going to. They don't want to know what it means. They just know it. For them, it's a shortcut, shorthand for you lived hard, basically, <laughs> is what it is. Okay, it's what it is, you know. Right. Oh, you social justice warrior! Like, why wouldn't you want to be a social justice warrior? They, they, you know, they yeah. they have these ways of saying, why wouldn't you fight for social justice? What's wrong with that? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I I get it. I I I just every now and again I'll hear someone use the term, and then I'm like, do you know what the term really means mm. when you say these things? No, it's just short. And it just it is. I feel like it's a lazy mm -hmm. thinking. Uh, Gotcha catchphrase or like boogeyman. It's term. it's an intell it's intellectually lazy. Just like uh, if you if someone asks you if you've seen the movie Sound of Freedom, and you say no, then their conclusion is well, you must support sex traffickers because you haven't seen that movie yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a You're very like, where did the leap come right, from? Right. It's a it's from A to B. It's intellectually lazy, and uh, but they but in their mind it makes sense. It's a very gotcha like aha. Yeah, why don't you support Why this? don't you Well, nobody in their right mind, or nobody of any, you know, you don't even have to be, I'm not, you don't even have to be high on the morality scale. Anybody with a bare bones uh, sense of morals is against sex trafficking, right? Anybody. Yeah. It's not a political stance to have. Right. Yeah, you're against child trafficking or you're, or you're for child trafficking. It doesn't mean that... There's, and by the way, I found out that one of the chief financiers was arrested for um, child kidnapping. I have not heard that, and I will look into it. But yeah, you know what? I'll try to look it up, because I'll try not to just throw things out there right. and then forget. So. We don't want to do that. Yeah, I actually have my tablet up. Let me search. We're going off on a, on a lot of tangents, which I like. Uh, yeah, we weren't even planning on talking about this. One story. thing about our road trip that I've noticed... Not as music-focused as the road trips we used to take in the 90s. Uh, we are now uh, very happy to just let music play in the background. Uh, tonight, I heard a lot of Shania Twain. Uh, on, on the, uh, on the, you didn't hear a lot of it. Her, it came up in one song. Uh, oh, well, no, because well, we also heard her. Oh, no, it was the game. We heard we were at the... It was um, at the game. That's right. That's right. I apologize. Yeah, but yeah. I don't mind Shania. Shania Twain's fine. I told you, she's innocuous. But you weren't sure about the song that you heard about. Still the one I'm a... You're like, where would I have heard that? And I said, grocery store, dentist's office. These are places where Shania Twain 
like reigns. Uh, that's 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 where her audience is. Right, the mall. Like as you're walking to the mall, it's nice and leaves playing. Um, <clears throat> uh, didn't she do the song from Cars? Didn't she do? Didn't wasn't she the one that did the? She did a song from the Cars soundtrack. Maybe. You're a big Cars fan. is from like 2004, man. That's like 19 years ago. Is it that old already? I think it was. Or was that Incredibles? But Cars came out before Incredibles? I don't remember. I used Nikki, to, but early 2000s. And I used to know my Pixar releases, and I don't know them anymore. Yeah. It's one of those things that's gone away. Yeah. Um, the guy's name is Fabian Marta. He's 51. Was charged with accessory to child kidnapping. And he is the one of the big financiers of the film Sound of Freedom. Wow. Yeah. So... so Thou doth protest too much. Yeah. Now, let's be fair. The person was arrested. It doesn't mean they're guilty. It doesn't mean that anything more than than arrest. Let's presume innocence until proven guilty. It just looks fishy. You listen to that me. the MAGA crowd is talking about. Oh, uh, if you don't watch the movie, right? You must be a child sex trafficker. Anyone could be a child sex trafficker. Look at the financier of that same movie. Right. And we'll stop there. Right. That's a great, that's a great point to make. Uh, but yeah, it's weird that they just make the leap that you would condone it. It's like, nobody condones this. Nobody condones this. And also, here's the thing that what baffles me about it. Not that there should not be concern, but it's just such a political, it's like a hot button issue now. When it's organizations like the Center for Missing and Exploited Children have, have existed for decades, mm-hmm. decades, uh, you know why? You know why have you not like now? Now to take a take a page out of their playbook. Why have not? Why haven't you supported them in the past? What you know? What what about this? Is what about it now? So it's a very us versus them. You're right. It's been, yeah. become a political hot button issue and it's yeah. just it's easy again like using woke it's just an easy shorthand to go look look at you look look how you're supporting a, a shitty agenda or you don't support the right agenda it's not an agenda dude i'm happy that this movie is calling to focus something that may have been you know brushed aside because it's not interesting enough but to start labeling people one way or another because of a movie's, you know, uh, appeal or lack of appeal to some people. Right. You know what? Some people go see a movie because they want to escape reality. Right. Right? So why are you sitting there saying, well, you need to see this movie that slaps you in the face with it's reality? The, it's the same reason that I we've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't like shows where there's realistic, like someone getting kidnapped, someone getting tortured, or someone get you know, murdered because it's like that to me that's that happens every day so movies are an escape for me so i want to you know i'd rather see zombies or a dinosaur a kaiju or something that isn't a real threat because it's like that's you know that's make believe that's make believe i it it takes me out of having to see what i am what i see on the news every day all right well let me let me let me help illustrate your point what was the last movie you saw Oppenheimer. oppenheimer Okay, that one is the exception. What did you see before that? Barbie. Okay, what did you see before that? Uh, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. So, Barbie, Spider-Verse, movies based on toys. Oppenheimer, 
I have right. to say, is a little more biopic. Right. But uh, but I'm also so escapism also history is, is normal. Right. Exactly. I, the, the only movie, the first movie that brought me out of to, out of COVID was uh, Black Panther Two. That was the first movie I saw. Okay, comic book movie. Comic book movie. I want to escape. You know. You know what I mean. I want to see. Oh, so you didn't see Summer of Soul documentary at the theaters? No, but I did watch it on. Which is Hulu. real life. Yes, but see, if it's historical, I like it. If it's something historical, I don't mind it. But what I don't want to see is like all these Law and Order shows where it's like. This is based on, not Law and Order, what's the other one? Oh, Law and Order has like five different shows. SVU. Yeah, yeah. CSI. It's always like, oh, there's some. And then there's crime scene, CSI. Yeah, yeah it's like some dude, some dude's got a girl locked in his basement. It's like, bro, this happens. You know what I mean? Like, you know, or, you know, like, look, if you listen to True Crime Podcasts, which are the number one podcast, hey, that's your thing, bro. I don't want to hear about, like, how someone was, you know, disappeared and tortured and then and turned that's into. now a cold case. Yeah, it's like that. Man, this is I, you know I start thinking about families, right, and I right. start thinking about you know. So right, for me, I want to see, I want to see Indiana Jones. Maybe not go after the Dial of Archimedes. Maybe I'd rather see him, you know, go after a lost ark or a Holy Grail. But that to me is escapism, you know. But by, by the way, Indiana Jones. You think of the premise of who Indiana Jones is, right? Liberal professor fighting <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> He, just to kind of put a bow on this all, is the original Antifa. Right. Let's let's give him credit for that is true. who he was and what type of character he is. He is a liberal <laughs> anthropology anthropology professor. Why why would you fighting say, Nazis? Why would you say he's liberal? Because he's part of academia. He's part of academia. Okay. Isn't academia liberal? True. Sure. Well, oh, you know, what? Some, I made I made a leap. I'm so sorry. Because you see a little bit of that in Oppenheimer, which we're going to get to. Okay. Not everybody was that well. There's you know there's different varying degrees of liberalism. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there were some conservatives. Yeah. Guys. So even though that's escapist, that right. is <laughs> that is woke. That is woke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because fighting that, Nazis apparently is woke. Imagine now, like if Indiana Jones was 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 like released now, you'd have people going, well, you know. You shouldn't be punching Nazis, you know. You know. What, did they what, what evidence did he have that they were Nazis? <laughs> Didn't he follow the evidence? <laughs> Didn't he do his own research? Do his own research. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I told you. I, we're really head, sidetracking. I know, but I told you in my head, when I, when I hear people talking about doing their own research, I just imagine, like, someone just banging away the keyboard with the music from... TV's Big Adventure when he's making breakfast on the background. That's what I imagine when someone doing my own research. Finger quotes. Uh, so we saw Oppenheimer today, which was just an added bonus to our baseball road trip. It just was a nice happenstance that uh, it was a night game. We were going to get in at night the night before, and so we had the morning free. And we were literally staying a mile away from one of the 30 theaters in the United States that can project 70 millimeter IMAX. I'm full like, IMAX. Full IMAX, 70 millimeter, six foot, six story high screen with an eight story wide. Yeah, six, six by six, eight. Six by eight. Massive screen. Right. And, and the stadium seating was ridiculous. Like, it was, I thought was, I needed, like, them, you know, you know. To get belayed up to the top of the... <laughs> it reminded me of the upper deck at Dodger Stadium where you get vertigo when you look Super down. Super steep, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to misstep and fall all the way to my death. Yeah. 
So on that end, we really got lucky, right? It happened to be playing just a mile away from where we're staying in Phoenix. We had the morning free. Right. We didn't want to be out in the heat. We didn't want to be out in the heat. There's air conditioning. And that air conditioning in that theater was on point. Although what was not on point, and some you know movie cinephiles may may want to start pointing at the uh, their podcast listening device, we were not center cut seats. Right. Right. Um, However, and I've got that. I got those seats two weeks ago for a Tuesday morning right. ten thirty show, and I still couldn't get center cut. However, seats. this was some IMAX screens are curved. This one was flat, and yeah, I, I felt like being off center did not hinder the view here. This was, I mean, the, it's the screen is so massive. And by the way, Christopher Nolan's photography takes full advantage of it. It really took advantage of the screen. And um, yeah, quick pro tip: if you haven't seen it and you have the means, I highly recommend it. It is so choice. It's so choice. Uh, no, go see it in seventy millimeter if possible. Um, it it was the way it was intended to be. Uh, I mean, you'll it's a good movie no matter what, but you, you you're losing out on the director's vision, which sounds pretentious, but it really is. That's the yeah. way he meant it to be seen. I I actually do want to see it in a regular screen, just to see if it feels like something got taken away. Right, it looked great. Mm -hmm. um, you got to see, and then you you think about six stories tall, but it's eight stories wide. It's pretty much like almost one to one aspect ratio, right. it's like one point eight five. One point eight five, which yeah. would be the I think it's a little bigger than that, but one point eight five used to be the old. If you were watching movies in a pre-widescreen, it was yeah. 1.85. So I found, I caught myself looking at the, the screen and going, how would I clip this? How would I clip this? Right. And I think I spent way too much time thinking about that because of how awesome it looked. Right. And how it may not look as awesome somewhere else. It'll probably look just fine, but I'm curious to see. Yeah, how, they, how they're going to handle the transfer of it to uh, home for, homes, for home viewing. Um, yeah, the, the photography was great. Um, I was really impressed with one thing about Christopher Nolan, and we talked about this a little bit, his ability or his tendency to cast recognizable people uh, for the smallest parts. Um, there's a lot of cameos in here by people who, they're not cameos for cameos' sake, they're just small roles. Small played roles, by, they're not played, cameos. Played by really good actors or actors that you know and, um, oh gosh, there's so many. I was so surprised. I was. Did watching. you recognize President Truman? No, I don't know who he was. Gary Oldman. Oh my goodness! It was Gary Oldman. I didn't. I didn't even recognize uh, Rami Malek. He was in this movie. Right. I didn't recognize Robert Downey Jr. for like the first scene or two. He looked great. He was in it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm trying to remember her name. Emily Blunt. Yeah. Is in this. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god! I didn't realize that was her until a little while until later. Until a little right? while later, and then. I mean, everyone who's seen the trailer knows Matt Damon is in the movie. Right. But he doesn't come in right at the beginning. No. He's an A-list actor, and he's not really he's an really playing role. A, yeah, he's playing a support role for sure. Yeah. Um, and I thought all of that was amazing. Florence Pugh was in it. Yes. Um, and I'm probably forgetting. I didn't even realize that was Gary Oldman. I, right. I'm like, oh, there's someone playing yeah, it was Gary, Gary Oldman. Truman. I didn't realize it was Gary Oldman. It was Gary Oldman. And then um, I always forget his name, and I, I hate to do this, but... Oh, one of the Hemsworths was in it? Right. And then the, the guy who plays... 
young Han Solo. I can never remember his name. Um, he is uh, the polka dot man from the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'll have to remember his name. I'll, right. I'll look that up and I'll just throw it out there in a minute. Um, yeah, it was an A-list cast. Um, very well acted. Very engaging. Um, my only beef, and a lot of people may have this, I... If, if this will not surprise me if it becomes uh, if it gets nominated for best picture. Um, I feel like best cinematography will probably be uh, in there somewhere. I'm gonna butcher his name, David Das Malchin, the polka dot man from the Suicide Squad. That's right. That's where I knew him from. I David Das Malchin. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Let's not. Sorry, David. Let's not highlight my uh, my ignorance. Move on, please. So, my only beef was, without giving too much away about the movie, um, I felt it could have been, I'm not going to give any details away about when and why, I felt it could have been slightly shorter. There was a, there was a period where I felt like the, the story told what it needed to tell, and then there was more, and I was like, mm. I didn't necessarily feel as compelled about that particular part of the story. I, I, I kind of agree with you. There was a, there's a story, there's a plot, but I had a hard time keeping up with it because it was, some of it was in color, some of it was in black and white, some of it was a little oversaturated, and I tend to think that it, it clue, it's supposed to clue you in on where we are in time. Right. And it was going so quick, I didn't always keep up with it. And I felt like because I couldn't keep up with it, some parts of the story didn't need to be there. Oh, maybe. So maybe a second viewing would be right. ha- having, helping me answer questions. But I'll tell you this. I mean, it was three hours long. I didn't feel like I was there more than I needed to be. No, it didn't. If it, you cut it down, it'll be fine. Right. It didn't feel over long, but I felt like... like it's hard to explain it. I didn't feel overlong, but there were parts of the story that didn't compel me as much as the other parts. And then when everything you need to know about one part of it, the story has, yeah, has been told, it kind of feels like, okay, this is where it's going to end, and it kind of keeps going. But that, that's not to say it was boring or um, who knows. Upon, far from it. Yeah. Far from it. Not boring at all, but you want to niggle about you know, how the plot gets moved forward and what needs to be in there versus what should be in there, et cetera. You can, you can quibble about that. Right. No, I... Uh, very well shot, very well directed. Cinematography was fabulous. Right. And I will say this. There could have been lots of CGI, but it didn't feel like I had any CGI in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is a sucker for that. Not a sucker. A yeah. stickler for yeah. practical effects. Also... Uh, we talked about this on the podcast before, uh, being true to the period. Everything looked period appropriate. Nothing out of place. You can tell they spent money, set design, costumes, everything. All that is just down to the... Because you had to do a lot. You had to have uniforms, you had to have civilians, you had to have you know, all these you know, different styles of dress. And then the, the scientists tend to dress a little bit more you know, yeah. conservatively than you would see in like usually like these films like this um, 
you know, just some of the locations, you know, uh, vehicles, all that stuff. Nothing looked out of place. Everybody's haircut looked very appropriate. It was, uh, and Cillian Murphy really just does inhabit the role of Oppenheimer. You're really, you're really kind of fascinated by him, even when he's not being, uh, you know, the best, the best person. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we have directors that use and work with a similar group of actors multiple times. I think James Gunn does this mm-hmm. um, with his movies, and Christopher Nolan does this with Cillian Murphy. Right. Murphy. Cillian yeah, yeah. Murphy. Cillian right. Murphy, yeah. Uh, I think he's been in multiple Batman movies, and I think he was in um, uh, Dunkirk, too. Right. He was a soldier who wanted to, he was trying to get away and he ends up on yeah, a boat. He was a, he was a scarecrow in the Batman movies, and where was he in Interstellar? Or was he not in Interstellar? I don't know. I don't know Interstellar as well yeah. as I know the other Nolan movies. Yeah, um, and I and I and I like it. I, I I'm totally fine with uh, an actor and director working together often, because it seems like it works well. Right. And but, if they're comfortable making movies together because they know what works for them, and they can they've got synergy, then yeah. Yeah, this this it kind shows. of this kind of guys Wes Anderson has, like a group of actors he likes to work with. Um, you know, you see that with Spielberg a lot. Spielberg will kind of pick a guy and, you know. So, um, yeah, he, you know, Cillian, Cillian Murphy, um, he's, you know, we've seen him do so many roles, you know. Um, but he's absolutely riveting in this one. Um, you know, you just can't. Uh, you can't look away. You can't look away. And then the thing about his performance is he looks like he's, he doesn't look like he's ready to, he's waiting to read his next line, he looks like he's thinking, like he's really thinking. Like this is a man who's really got the weight of the world on his shoulders um, at times. And uh, it, it comes across, it comes across as, uh, you know. Um, but he's a very, you know, it's a very complex character. Uh, and uh, yeah, you never really, um, uh, I guess you're always rooting for him, even though okay. you know, you know what I, I mean? Agree. So yeah, if there's anything to be said, like I said, and this is just this is just me. I just felt like they wrapped things up, and I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. No, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so it was one of those. But uh, yeah, uh, I would give it. Uh, I would give Oppenheimer a nine. Um, I wouldn't give it a nine myself. Um, it was very well directed, great cinematography. But because I couldn't quite, and, and it may be just because I'm a basic dude, I couldn't quite get all of the nuances with the plot that I need to see it again, that I'm like, okay, I can't give it a perfect score or a really, really, really high score because I didn't quite get it all. So do you think you're going to... I need another viewing, so I'll give it a seven. It was an outstanding do you think movie. you're... Are you leaving room for your score to improve later on? Yeah. Or... I feel free to modify things if it doesn't age well or if I get it a second time through. But you can't get a perfect score or a really, really high score if you don't get the movie. Right. And there was times when I was lost. Although I have to admit, I saw Enrico Fermi. And that made me, you know, go to the edge of my seat and go, look, that's Enrico Fermi. There's Niels Bohr. Right. Right? I don't think anyone else appreciated it. So I appreciated dorky things. Right. Like other science scientists and and physicists showing up in a movie for a quick cameo right but yeah uh anyway. so so you're punishing the movie because you didn't get it is what yes 
<laughs> if I don't get, hey, I'm not the sharpest tool in this but shed, but I'm not a dull, I'm not a dull blade. Right, but the, yeah, so you're you're saying the director needs to make it. Uh, Maybe he was being a little too esoteric. A well, there is too, there, there, a there, little too good. There is, uh, there is a a school of thought that's, that that people, many people say about Christopher Nolan that he can be antiseptic, okay. he can be aloof, he can be kind of keeps the emotions at arm's length. Uh, it's almost like I was, I thought of this many times during the movie. It was almost like. Uh, what, Oppenheimer was kind of an avatar for Nolan, right? Because he, he's very doesn't like. There's not a lot of emotion there. Okay. There's not a lot of emotion. Not that he doesn't care, but there's not a lot of. He's not a very um, demonstrative person. And I feel yeah. like sometimes that's just the tone of a Nolan movie. It's not very demonstrative. It doesn't wrap its arms around you and say, "Please come here." But it's very, <laughs> from a technical standpoint, it's brilliant. It's, it's he's a brilliant filmmaker. Uh, he has, I'm just watching Dunkirk again, or have you ever watched Dunkirk? Uh, you know, technically that's such a brilliant movie. There's no, you know, there's no doubts to his skills as a filmmaker. So you know, I've only seen that movie once. Mm -hmm. I'd seen it at like uh, the tech museum in San Jose with a curved screen. And I felt like I was having heart palpitations because it was so intense. Right. I never went back to go see it again. I'm actually kind of curious. Maybe I will. You should watch it again and soon. also be aware that the score in that movie was meant to give you the feeling that you had. Yeah. yeah. The score was meant to make you feel disoriented and uneasy. Yeah, which well, is which is which is kind of, another reason I like to that I like kind of like Christopher Nolan. Um, not only does he defend cinema, he's a he's a staunch defender of cinema, but he also does things just to kind of mess with you too. Okay. You know, he does kind of things immensely. We talked about how he doesn't like to do additional dialogue recording, which is why Tom Hardy sounds the way he does in uh, <laughs> in Dark Knight Rises. He wants the performance on the set to, to, you know, stand as it is, and he doesn't want to lose any of that performance. So a lot of times the, the dialogue and stuff, since it's not re-recorded, kind of gets lost in the music. That happened a few times here. Yeah. It's hard to hear, but I think it's also like, him trying to get the audience, it's him trying to draw you in. So you're kind of leaning forward going, what, what are we talking about? And you can't help but have pay attention. So I think it might be a way to be like, okay, you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trick you into paying attention. I like that. I like that he's kind of a, a manipulator in that way, like where he's, you know, he makes you. No, it was, it was very well shot. And I'll give him credit because as I'm watching the movie, I know every scene is very deliberate. I didn't feel like there was any throwaway. There's no fat. There's, there's no, no fat on the There's no movie. fluff. Yeah. So everything had a purpose. Which I know sounds I contradictory because I said, you know, there's just something. I think it's just one. There was a, when you guys have all seen it, we'll talk about it. But there was just something where I was like, I was not as interested in one part of it as I was. Okay. Well, let me ask you this question. Your, your normal podcast crew is this something that you guys can talk about soon? I think you guys saw all, it already. Have, 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 have you guys all seen it? I think, I think, I think um, Brent uh, saw it. I think John has seen it. Okay. So well, we'll be... I would recommend. I would recommend anyone who's listening that's wondering about whether it's worth their time or not. I would tell them it's worth your time. How much you enjoy it? You know, is it Hitesh's seven or is it Mario's nine? You be the judge. Yeah. You guys are going to say tens and. Dumb. 
But uh, also, uh, Barbie, by the way, caught that over the weekend with my lovely wife. Uh, Barbie was great. It was a lot of fun. Really, really fun movie. Uh, I'm going to give Barbie an eight. Just uh, not to go into too much detail. You've all seen it. I loved it. Thought it was a great message. Thought it was well done. Uh, Margot well, Robbie's on, great. You know, you know that was woke. Oh, it was. Woke AF. I loved it. <laughs> I love it. Listen, down with the patriarchy, man. You know, we've, we've benefited long enough. Patriarchy is for dicks. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> figuratively. Uh, yeah, man. You can quote me on that. Yeah, man. Down with patriarchy. Uh, so let's get to this road trip, man. So we, we've been out on the road for two days. We started out. Uh, he took picked me up. Uh, and we drove down to San Diego. We, we may be spreading COVID as we travel. We're just COVID. Uh, we're, we're like the uh, typhoid, uh, typhoid Mario. <laughs> Are you agent, like our uh, uh, patient zero? Yeah, making my way through the Southwest to spreading, spreading the vid. Um, so let's, let's, let's do the, the stats of this road trip. We're not quite done with it yet, but... We've gone to two games in two cities, uh, both of them Dodger victories, right? So we're, we're two, two, and two, two and zero on the road trip, and um, we haven't killed each other. We haven't fought over music. At least I don't think we've got fought over. We I don't even think we've come even close. The only time we get close to a disagreement is when I try to pay for something, and you get all your panties all in a bunch when I try to pay for something. Hey, dude, who bought dinner? me right right you bought lunch uh did i yeah oh i forgot yeah but that's because i was tired of your 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 belly aching about oh who can whip out their credit card or cash faster well because i said at lunch i'll pay you'll pay later here's the thing though you will say that this is what you do now we're gonna we're gonna air our beef out right here it's like a festivus beef (laughs) Is this is this the airing of grievances? <laughs> this is the airing, my airing of grievances for Festus. All right. Uh, you will say I will say you'll say hey I'll let you get the next one. Your phone is ready. We're at the register. You have the phone out and you're ready to pay. You do that all. You do. I don't know if you do it on purpose, but I'm like look at this guy. He said I'll pay the next. That he would let me pay the next one. And you have at lunch. I paid at dinner. I said oh, where's give me some money, right? Yeah, well, you know, I pulled my money out, and you go, all right. Uh, That's what you said. You were you begrudging. You were like, okay. Because you knew we were going to fight about it. So you and went, I didn't want to fight. Right. So we haven't really fought. That's the uh, only uh, point of contention that we've had. All right. Now, as hot as this trip has been, you would have thought we would have murdered each other by now. We'll get along great. Yeah, dude. You can go crazy from the heat out here. Thankfully, we've stayed indoors. Except for the long hike to uh, get lunch, to get lunch from oh, the, yeah. from the Tesla charging station to uh, to Pollo Loco. Yeah. So this trip has been run on electric vehicle power. Right. And so we would uh, do the road trip, and then have to stop for fifteen minutes here, fifteen minutes there, which ends up being like thirty minutes because then we're like, like we're not going to sit in the car, so right. we're, we're go inside. Right. Try to find something to eat. Look at a massage chair longingly and right. like sit in it. And Walk. I'm like, let's get going. Walk into a mall, <laughs> see a picture of uh, 
a topless Adam Driver and maybe take a picture of that for Justine. Uh, is that know. is that is that the bonus yeah, podcast the or the bonus materials for this that's podcast? The podcast after dark. Topless Adam Driver. Yeah, with his pepperoni nipples. Oh gosh. Um, and so, uh, crazy from the heat, right? We've great been doing David Lee Roth album. Yeah. So we we we're, you know sometimes you park the car and you're charging it and you have to walk across the parking lot to go to get something to eat. And we did that today in 104 degree heat. But that was a long walk. That was not just like across the park. It was uh Dude, we, we were in the parking lot of a mall. So we walked from one point in the parking lot to another point in the parking lot. It was, it was a good yeah, walk. It was, it was hot. It wasn't that far. No, but it was in the heat. Everything's farther. Okay. But we made it. Okay. Well, yeah, we had, a, we had like a three minute conversation with your mom. We slowed down because you can't walk and talk at the same time. My speed. favorite thing that you do, my favorite thing, well, no, because I'm on the phone. I don't want to trip. You ever, yeah. you're like looking around. Well, don't you, say it's a long walk. It was a long, If you're multitasking. I had to call my mom. Call your mom. It's my mom. I wanted to talk to your mom, and you wouldn't even, like, acknowledge that I was walking next to you. That's her. true. I know. I said, I did say, I said, Mom, it is just making me walk across the Oh, that's right, man. You were telling on me. I was like, what the hell is that all about? She did not care. She did I not, didn't care. Didn't you, care. you were being like, you know, oh, let me tattle on someone. It was hot. Uh, but I was fine. Uh, so. Anyway. We haven't killed each other from the heat because we've been judiciously staying cool. What are they going to say? Oh, here's my favorite thing you do on the trip. This I love this. You befuddle. Uh, workers, because you'll ask them like just left field questions. <laughs> like we went to Canes last night. We went to Raising Canes on the road because it was getting late. We're like, but we gotta eat. We're not gonna eat. You're like, I've let's never go had, to Raising Canes. Yeah, let's right. go to Raising Canes. I've never had Raising Canes. So we go in, and it's like I forgot what town this was in. It was like a small. I don't remember where we stopped. It was like on it the, was. Um, it was on the Yuma. Air- with, Yuma, Arizona. It was a Yuma. It was on the California side, or it was close. No, it was it was Arizona side. Okay. We went to the Target, which was on the California, California side. Then we went. We crossed over into Arizona. So we went to Raising Canes, and uh, so if you've ever been to Raising Canes, there's two things they sell. It's all chicken strips, but then they sell you a chicken strip, chicken strips on a bun, it's a chicken strip sandwich, and, and they call it a chicken sandwich. And they call it a chicken sandwich, and you asked the guy, you said, "Why should I order the chicken sandwich?" Like it was a challenge. The guy's like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know. And then today at the Pollo Loco, you do the same thing. You, you asked the girl, you said, oh, you, you, were, you were comparing the corn. Because I was going to order. And there was the, a dish that you got, and there was a dish, the same dish, but with corn. Right. And it was the exact same price. Right. So, so it was corn free, so it was, or you taking something away? So it's when I ordered, I ordered it, and then you're asking her, well, is there, like, what, why is it the same price? And she goes, oh, the other one just has corn. And you're like, so what comes off the other one to make it the same price? And she just looked at you. And then you go, I'm not ordering that anyway. <laughs> well, she wasn't, she, she didn't. She wasn't prepared to answer, and I didn't want to make it more awkward. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> it was just great because... So if I said anyway, and it sounds like I was condescending, I would have... No, you're not being... You're not being... It was con- just, I'm like, okay, I'm You're not being condescending, but you're genuinely curious. Yes. Yes, you're genuinely curious, but, like, fast food workers 
usually do not get they that don't le- care well, that's not they don't care it's a, they don't get that level of like engagement engagement and, and that kind of question you know most people are just like hey give me my food and, and you know and shut yeah, up yeah dude who was that a-hole that was sitting next to us that was being a dick to the vendor at the game like you only have these three beers oh right right right, uh, right, right. i don't want it now or something and right. i'm like dude you already paid for it and i'm like why are you why are you playing around with this vendor? Yeah, dude. Like, are you trying to impress the girl that was sitting next to you? Because I'm not impressed, and I'm sitting next also, to you. Also, those people, I mean, we're Dodger fans. They got up way too many times. Oh. You got to go, you got to go. You got no, whatever. Kept, I, that they, wasn't the they issue. They kept getting up for dumb shit and coming, like, right back. I, 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 that that wasn't the issue. I'm trying to watch. Okay. How you talk to people is important. So I right. feel bad when you're pointing out that I'm engaging people. No, I'm you don't do it in a bad way. You do it. You you just want to. You you're genuinely curious. But it's funny because you'll just be like, Hey man, why should I order this chicken sandwich? Like, <laughs> the burden of proof is on the guy. <laughs> just go like, Fuck, I gotta work. I gotta live out here in the desert. <laughs> I gotta work fast food. I gotta work fast food out the desert. And I got this smart ass asking me, challenging me for like why I should order one thing versus another. You're genuine about it. Like you really want to know. Like, hey man, like sell me this chicken sandwich. (laughs) Sell me on it, dude. I'm curious. Like I've had to talk to Mario for two hours. Right. I need somebody else. We we spent (laughs) we spent two hours talking about Dexy's Midnight Runners, and uh, every other one hit one. Yeah, yeah. And now we gotta like I want to just engage in something else. Uh, that is my favorite thing that you do. Uh, well, I was doing it today at, at Petco, or not Petco, at Chase Field. I was talking to the workers and going, where should we eat? Yeah, that's right, you were. We don't, because I wanted to get there. You made, you made me uncomfortable. I was standing three feet behind you going, looking around. Yeah. Like yeah. I wasn't actually associated with they it. They all loved it. They did, loved they, it. did they love it? Do people treat those people all, just a little engagement? Make all them right. feel like a human being? You know you know how I'm going to how I'm gonna take take that? Mm. And remember it, mm. that you watched me do it, and you wanted to do it too. That's cool. I'll, I'll accept that. Sucker. It's fun. No, you, but you and I are both very nice to yeah, people. We're, we're overly nice. We're, we're very nice. Well, we had a guy today at the Continental Breakfast that just made our morning. Yeah. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Frederick over at the Tempe, Arizona uh, Embassy, Embassy Suites. Suites. Uh, great guy. Walk in, super positive. Uh Eight in the morning. I thought he was a manager. The way he was just so friendly. He ends up being like he's he's working uh, table service at the. Yeah. He's picking up dirty plates. I thought the guy was a manager. He was so engaging and so, and uh, and yeah, he's you know, definitely a morning person. Yeah, dude. He said he was a morning person. Put, put a smile on our faces. Put a smile on our faces for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a good start. I'm hoping to see him tomorrow when I go down. I'm hoping I see Frederick, so I can say Frederick. Uh, you know, you do a great job here, buddy. Thank you. Everybody in, everybody in the whole staff. Front front door people have been nice. Everybody in the staff's been nice. The guy that brought my towels today. I like Embassy Suites. I like staying at the Embassy Suites. Nice big space. Fluffy towels. This episode brought to you by the Embassy Suites in uh, by Hilton. Hilton Ooh. Hotel Group. Yeah. And we, maybe we plug them. Maybe that we'll get a uh, get a shout out. I doubt it. Or maybe we give them a shout-out. Oh, by the way, uh, shout-outs, uh, all my Arizona peeps. Uh, i got to give a shout-out to my friend Heather, who cut herself on an Amazon box today. So, Heather, hope you're feeling better. Mm. Wait, you cut yourself on a box. So, like a paper cut? It's got to be a paper Or cut by the little thing that you're using to cut the, the I think she said she box. cut herself on a box, so paper cut. Oh, that sucks. Right. 
I usually discover those by squeezing a lime later. That's how I usually find out. Uh, a shout out to Arizona Mike and Wendy. They're out here. They live out in uh, Tucson. Is that how you pronounce that, John? Or uh, it is? Tucson. Tucson. Tucson, uh, Arizona. Home of the Wildcats. Uh, shout out to my friend uh, Lauren. Uh, she's a nurse out here. She's living out here. She was going to go, almost went to the Dodger game tonight. Oh, we would have run into someone you know in Phoenix at a baseball game. That would have been like. That would have been fun. That would have been, been typical. You know uh, so many people. I do know a lot of people, but here's the thing. Let's talk about our baseball road trip. Let's compare the parks. We went to Petco Park yesterday. Yes. The Dodgers were down 5 nothing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We, the big story is we went on a road trip to San Diego and Phoenix. Right. But we also went to Dodger Stadium during this week. So we've actually both gone to three games. Right. I was at Dodger Not Stadium. Together. I was Dodger Stadium, Dodger Stadium exactly one week ago. Tuesday. Tuesday, Dodgers won. I went on Thursday, Dodgers won. Then together, we traveled to Petco. Now listen to what we did. We went to a day game at Petco, left, did not stay in San Diego, drove straight to Phoenix, got here about midnight last night. Yeah, because we were engaging with the guy at Yuma, Arizona. Right. Raising canes. Right. And we stopped to charge the car a couple times. Really fun to see. Really cool to see how the Tesla works, how the charging stations operate, uh, how the car calculates the distances and all that stuff. Fascinating. Uh, if we could get rid of Elon Musk, it'd be a perfect company. That's what I... <laughs> um, so, hang on, hang on. Before we go on to more, well, let's finish this thought. Um, are you okay with the vehicle that we're driving? I love it. All right. It's got a Septicon sticker on it, which I'm uncomfortable with, but other than that, you know I me, mean? I'm Autobot all the way. <laughs> good, good, good. Because some people have a great deal of anxiety on things that they do not know. I've and been, I think you didn't really know EVs and how they operate. No, as far as long distance driving, I've never, I've never been. Because I, I was curious, like, how do you know where a charging station is? How do you know how long you should go between charges? Or do you go? The fascinating thing about thing that you showed me is that you don't have to charge all the way. I assumed you went somewhere, you stopped, you charged all the way up, and then kept going, and then oh, I'm I'm, I'm almost empty. Let me stop at another. And then like fill you all do with back up, like, like you, you do with the gasoline. Like you do with gas. Right. You don't necessarily do that. Not on road trips. Like we're digressing. I'm so sorry. The way the Tesla system works is because the superchargers are also Tesla. They integrate with the the car, and so if you say I want to go from A to B, San Diego to Phoenix. It knows how much charge is in the car, and then it says, okay, well, here's chargers in these locations. You don't need to fill up. You just need to get enough charge to get to the next station because that's when, when, when the battery is low, it charges the fastest. So from like 0 to 50% charge, it charges at like three times the rate that it charges at 50 to 100 Right. And so why do you want to waste time charging slow when all you really need to do is just get to the next charge? Right. So it calculates that. And so even though you can do it on one charge, it may tell you to charge three times. And only for like five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Right. Instead of a half an hour, forty-five minutes. Right. All right, sorry. I mansplained all that. Thank you. Uh, but first game, Petco Park, San Diego. Dodgers down 5 nothing. San Diego fans are feeling pretty good. We got our full, by the way, 
packed house. Sell out. On a Monday at 1 o'clock. Monday. Everybody night. wanted those straw hats. They gave away a San Diego straw hat. Everybody wanted them. Anyway. Everyone wanted a piece of the Dodgers. Well, guess what? We saw something. First of all, I saw Mookie Betts hit a grand slam, but that was the that was the coup de Gracie because that te- capped off an eight-run inning, uh, which was amazing to watch. It was fantastic. Yeah, so Gonsolin was pitching, and the Catman was kind of doing all right. But he, he ran wasn't in- doing bad. He just wasn't. He wasn't overpowering. Well, he gave up one bad inning. I think it was the third or the fourth. I, right. I, I'm so sorry. I can't remember right now. Um, and I actually thought that Doc would pull the hook because you give up five runs in an inning, you shouldn't really be – you obviously don't have your stuff. Right. And he gave it up, and I'm like, oh, man, this is not good. Right, because Seth Lugo was doing all right. He was matching shutout inning for shutout right. inning up until that point. Um, but uh, the very next inning, uh, the Dodgers came back hunting and pecking. I remember saying, oh, they got one. Maybe they're going to chip away throughout the rest of the right. game. No, it was like that little uh, Bugs Bunny baseball. Yeah, they got one game. inning, they got one run, then the next thing they come up and I said something like, all they need to do is score one one run for the rest of the rest of the game. One run every inning. We'll be right back in it. No, they did it all at once, which was great. Yeah. I, and by the way, I heard that Seth Lugo was saying that Dodgers were stealing signs from second base. Listen. And that's why he gave up, you know, that grand slam. I would tend to think that he was forced to throw a strike on a 3-0 pitch with the bases loaded. And that was his downfall, but what do I know? I'm just a fan looking at the stats. Right, right. And also, if you're tipping your pitches or your your, your signs are exposed, uh, yeah. then don't you don't you have pitch com? Right. Like how can how can someone on second base figure everything out if you're communicating with your catcher silently? Right. Suck. Uh, By the way, speaking of cheating, stealing signs, guy shows up to Petco. Park in his uh, Altuve jersey proceeds to boo every time the Dodgers score. Yes. Is booing when Mookie hits the grand slam. So I run over and I say, fist bump it, bro. He would not fist bump me. You should have brought a trash can, Liz. That's right. <laughs> Suck it. No one will ever think you have one World Series. One World Series. Good for Astros. you. Astros. Yeah, good for One. You. Just like the Angels. Anyway. Beautiful. So that, that was a great game. So let's rate the park. What did you think of the, the overall experience at Petco Park? Um, I think the park was great. The people weren't so good. I walked in with a clear plastic bag because, you know, I bring in some snacks, bring in some bottled water. And the guy that checks the bag said, your bag is too big. Like, my bag was like 12 by 7 by 10 or something. And it needed to be 7 by 10. And I'm like, really? I have water bottles in here. I've got food in here. 
you see what's in this bag, and you're telling me that the bag is too big. I don't understand why the bag would be too big. Like, why is there a restriction on the bag size? I don't know. If you can see everything in it. I don't know. Someone explain that to us if you haven't... Uh, so, he would not let me bring in that 12 by 10 bag, because it needed to be a 7 by 10 bag. And I'm like, dude, the bag's not even full. Right. <laughs> I don't have 12 by 10 stuff in here. Please let me go in. I go, this is my bag I use for all events. I go to Do- I went to Dodger Stadium with this bag just three days ago, dude. No. So that was my my not-so-good experience with Petco Park. Also, but the park itself was good. Inside the bag, another bag, same size. You had to throw that one away. I had to throw the contents of the bag out. And, uh, you know what? I, I, rescind, but, I rescind my review. F Petco Park. No, 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 no. The park is actually, I think, quite nice. Um, we went to a day game, but we got seats in the shade. I would not have wanted to sit out in the sun, uh, but I obviously didn't have to deal with that. I actually was positing to Mario that um, a night game at Petco Park would be fabulous. Right. Uh, the concourses are nice and wide. They're super tall. You can tell it's a newer structure because it's got newer style to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seats are good. Um, the fan experience, beyond the issue with like what size bag you can bring in, was great. Everybody was nice. Uh, very friendly. San Diego fans were cool, very friendly. Uh, the Altuve guy being the lone exception. Uh, yeah, but who goes to a game, not in your own town, with two different teams playing, and then you go in the separate jersey? Well, we, saw, we also saw at that game... Uh, like you want to call, that guy was calling attention to himself. Right. There was also the family in front of St. Louis. They were wearing St. Louis gear. Remember the guy? They were family. Yeah, but they weren't wearing like the bright orange. They right. were wearing just like a cap. Right. And a white jersey. Right. right. And, and it was very muted. Right. We saw some angel stands. We saw saw a guy in Giants gear. Did you? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I see. I saw a couple of Giants hats. Is this normal then? Because usually I, I go to Dodger Stadium, I see Dodger fans, and then maybe the opponent team right. fans, and that's about it. I've never seen third-party fans rolling in, you know, right. cosplaying. I, I told you, if I go to like, if I end up at Angel Stadium somehow, or I'm in a neutral stadium, I'll just wear like a Lakers hat, or like, uh, you know, or like a Rams something regional, something regional. Okay, but not necessarily. You know, you don't need to know I'm a Dodgers fan. Okay, I mean my my. My countenance should tell you. I guess in the end, it's okay. You know, baseball needs people to kind of not just go to their own team's games, but to go to other games. I mean, but I would look for a Dodger game in Chicago, and that would be when I would go to see a Chicago game. Right. Not the Chicago Cubs versus, like, you know, the Texas Rangers. Right. Uh, my dream, if I play, but, yeah. if I go to all the stadiums, if I visit all the MLB stadiums, I want to do it when they're playing the Dodgers. Because that makes it, to me, more memorable. Right. But, hey, you know what? Sometimes it's just a happenstance. And you uh, can go up 2-0 in a road trip like we did today. <laughs> the food at Petco Park, great. Oh. Loved it. We got. We ended, up, we ended up getting the same thing because we, we got food from the same stand. Right. And that I, was? I, we got street corn, which was fantastic. Good job on the street corn. Oh, yeah. And, you, you can get it on the cob or uh, in a bowl. Esquita style. Esquita right? style. Yeah, yeah. Then we had um, the dog, and the dog was excellent, bro. Okay. I, I miss the Dodger dog. Now, now that Farmer John is gone. No, we, we didn't have the same hot dog. I had one. You had the... Uh, the bacon wrap. You had the bacon. How was that one? 
It was good. Very nice. Yeah, I just had a plain... All of it was warm. Toppings were good. Um, that and bun... Mix that, in, mix that in with the corn. Right. It was like a hoagie-style bun. That bun was... That was a substantial bun. That was a good meal. Like, I was full. Mm-hmm. We didn't eat again until later in the evening. Raising canes. Right. In Yuma. Right. <laughs> and that was around 9 o'clock. And uh, this is my staple. I judged stadiums by this. Can I get a Michelada? And I was able to get a Michelada with mango cart. Mango. I usually go with uh, Modelo. I forgot to ask you how that mango cart turned out. That's the way my wife likes them. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? I'm a, sweetness. I'm, I'm a wheat ale guy. Right. So I'll, I'll go for Belgian ale. I'll go for wit beer, wheat beer, uh, etc. So that worked out really well. Right. I'm not big on mango flavored or watermelon flavored beer. But, but it was a wheat beer base. I was good with it. And here's what it's good. What's good about it? You get that Mexican fruit style, where you're doing the sweet with the sweetness with the spice. Yeah. Which you know very yeah. yeah so great food experience. So great stadium. Mediocre service because of that. <laughs> right. Because of the bad. check dude. Right. And I would say the food was great. It was on point. And I'm there. Great experience. And I would say good fan experience. I felt I didn't feel um, out of place. Everybody was very welcoming. The staff was good. You got offered food for your straw hat. <laughs> yeah, quick note. So we went on the day where we had um, a Padres promotional giveaway, and it was straw hats. Really nice, actually. And uh, obviously, it's San Diego, like, you know, Padres logoed. And so I'm wearing my Dodger hat. I'm not going to replace it with a San Diego hat. So I just, it comes with like a little, like, um, a strap yeah, yeah. Lany- lanyard. So I just basically. Carried the the hat by just dangling it off of my on my back. Right. Right. So it's just around my neck, dangling on the back. The lady at the stands like, "Hey, you want me to give you a deal?" As I'm checking out, I'm like, "Yeah, give me a deal. I'm I love deals, right?" Right. She leans in. I'm like, "Oh my god, she, this is she happening." Wants to, she wants me to lean in. Is this happening? Right. And then she goes, "If you give me your hat, you can take the food." Wow. And, the, and it would rung up like 25 bucks. And I told her, I'm so sorry, but this hat is going to other people. If it was a hat just for me, I'd give it to you. Here, take my credit card. And she didn't give me a discount. I thought she, maybe she'd go like, hey, at least I asked him. And he was nice enough not to call security on her for soliciting <laughs> a deal. But no, I paid full price. I could have gotten away with it. I actually talked to you, and you're like, I would have given her the hat. Yeah, well, I could have given you my extra hat. I'm actually I'm bringing it home for somebody, but yeah, yeah. they don't listen, so I, they would know. They don't know how close they got to losing that hat. Yeah, yeah. But the food was on point, and I did see many, many people with multiple hats on their head. Right. Like, they were collecting these hats, and they had three of them nested on top of each other, and then right. they were walking around the building. Right. Because that's sexy. It, it's No. It wasn't sexy. But it, well, what was sexy, I saw some other guys walking around with that same hat, and they basically stuck a Dodger sticker. That was my favorite. A logoed sticker over the San Diego logo. Right. That was great. And I'm like, oh, as, as they're walking around, you're like, oh, there's a Dodger straw hat. Oh, no. Yeah. It's the San Diego hat it's, with a sticker. They just stuck a sticker on These it. Guys, they guys were planning it. They they're pre- like Boy Scouts. They planned ahead. They were prepared. They were prepared, man. Uh, then we tonight we made uh, we, we visited Chase Field, 
Chase Field was. Chase Field was is an indoor stadium, which worked out really well because it was 109 today in right. the, the greater Phoenix area. But it was not 109 in the stadium. It was actually probably 80 degrees. Yeah, I, it could have been a little colder. We'd get the it like the air would cycle. It would kick on, and then you feel it, and then it would stop. And it'd be like, uh-huh. dude, crank this thing. No. Just, I didn't. I didn't break a sweat though. No, I was, I was no, good no. there, but it wasn't. Like the theater. It wasn't air-conditioned cold. Right. It was air-conditioned, not hot. Right, not hot. Kind of like that mall we walked through today where it was like, this is not the air-conditioned that was in the theater. This is air-conditioned, not hot. Not hot. Yeah, it was just like, it was like room temp. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. The Chase Field experience for me, uh, the fans were friendly. Friendly fans again. Well, now this stadium was not at capacity. No. So there was empty seats everywhere. And they knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. Although the Dodgers almost let it get away. Yeah. Um, they, were, they weren't stealing signs tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> it was a little disconcerting walking in. Because I, I, I thought it would be cool. Right. But it wasn't. It was like, you know, air-conditioned, not hot. But it was better than being outdoors and hot. Right. Um, and... Maybe it was a visual thing or whatnot, but it felt like I was in a smaller enclosure than when I was at Petco or at Dodger Stadium. But it is indoor. I mean, the field, I think, is larger than Dodger Stadium. At least to center field, it's over 400 feet. So I sat there and said, objectively speaking, this is a bigger field, yet it feels cozy. It felt smaller. Yeah. felt like a smaller park. When you looked up, though, at those empty seats, you realized, man, those are way high up there. You know, and I was trying to imagine... Well, Dr. Shane's got, like, five decks. Right. This is only, like, three decks. Right. I was trying to imagine if you threw a dome on Dodger Stadium, what, like, where would the dome end up, like, how... But uh, it's an impressive structure. Uh, The staff, very friendly staff. Uh, Arizona fans, for the most part, were really nice. There was a lot more... I felt there were a lot more drunken antics than there were at Petco, maybe because it was a night game. I saw more people acting the fool, like, not... Like, like the guy that dropped the 40 and on that poor lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He dropped the 40. Like, it was just a lot of, like, drunken, you know, people just acting the fool, kind of. Uh, it is sad. They are a very, it was a very quiet stadium. That, you know, they had to be goaded into making noise. Yeah. And, yeah, you're down for nothing, but, you know, you should. But they, the crowd never seemed into it until the very end, when the Dodgers would seem like they were going to let it slip away. The crowd finally got into it, and then they were. They yeah. were silenced. I mean, that, that's that's something to get excited about. They weren't scoring any runs. So right. when you start scoring, that does get the crowd going. But, yeah, I felt like there was a lot of prompting. Yeah, They gave a, a nice ovation to David Peralta, which I thought was cool. Yeah, he they was on the scoreboard. Yeah, they welcomed him back. And, you know, you give, get that many, turn around and robbed him of a home run just to just remind them. of what How, the, good, how, how good, good they could have had how it. How good they could have had it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the food was disappointing to me because it was. Yeah. We actually walked around the stadium quizzing guys like, "Where should I? Where should we try? We want to try the best food you guys have to offer." Oh no, we want what's the signature Arizona Diamondback Stadium right. thing? Like, go to a dog, Dodger game, Dodger dog, right? You want garlic fries at uh, Oracle Park, right? Blah 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 blah. What do we do here in Arizona? So I had a beef Italian beef sandwich. Uh, from a place, what was it, Hungry Hill? Is that Hungry Hill. Uh, Portillo's, you don't need to worry. You're still uh, <laughs> you're still in good shape. It wasn't a bad sandwich. It was relatively cheap. I think a, a sandwich like that at Dodger Stadium, 
would would probably cost like twenty bucks. It was well. Like, you have been ranting about a bad experience at Dodger Stadium. You need to elaborate for the podcast. Oh, I had a. I ordered the cheesesteak. It was twenty five bucks, and it was mostly bread. It wasn't very good. It wasn't. I was really disappointed with it. The let me tell you something about the. And I'm gonna. This is this pains me to say, as a Dodgers fan, but the, not, once Farmer John left the building, the Dodger dog is hit or miss. It's not what it used to be. It's not the must-have. i got to have a Dodger dog. I've had some times where they're great, and I've had some times where they're not so good. And at least with Farmer John, the quality was consistent. You knew what you were going to get. Did it get more expensive over time? Yes. Did the hot dogs get much bigger? No. But you knew what you were getting, right? Now, the concessions, there's, there's all kinds of concessions at Dodger Stadium. Some are good. Some are great. Some are okay. So it's kind of rough for me to have to admit that. Like, go to Petco and go, why aren't, we, why aren't the Dodgers making hot dogs like this? By the way, Petco Park had a Din Tai Fung yeah. stand or kiosk or whatever right. you want to call it. I was like, oh, my God, Din Tai Fung. They are, they are starting to rival San Francisco for bouginess as far as their food choices are concerned. Uh, I, I will be the first to admit, if I had to rank food... Um, Petco, then Oracle, then Dodger Stadium. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not even close. So you're saying the Dodgers need to step it up? I haven't tried the Shake Shack stuff. I did try La Taqueria. How was that? Which wasn't too bad. I tried it last year. Right. It was nice, but I'm like, oh, I don't... And and, and this is just me being basic. I go to Do- I go to baseball games. I don't want tacos. I don't want pizza. I don't want... Din Tai Fun, I want hot dogs, mm-hmm. chips, you know, right. maybe some popcorn. Right. I, I, those staples need to be solid. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not there to try the, the, the extensive cuisine options. Right. I mean, it's nice that there's something for everyone. Right. But I want, you know, the basics have to be taken care of. And Dodger Stadium basics are better than Arizona, but... They're not as good as uh, the corn and the they bacon need to, wrapped dogs. They dog. need to step it up. They do need to step it up. And I'm yeah. saying that as an avid Dodger fan. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, nothing about Arizona's food got you excited? It was good. It was a solid sandwich, but it wasn't like it didn't blow me away. Okay. Uh, it was a, like a sandwich I could have got in a lot of other places. It wasn't like, holy God, this is going to bring me back and I want to go get like something right. else. But so, I knew it wasn't going to be enough because we ate it at like 5 o'clock. We ate it at like 5.30 because we got to yeah. the game so early. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, we're going to be hungry by yeah. the time it's time to go to bed. And we were. But I went to a Taste of Chase kiosk. Right. Because I'd seen the Sonoran dog. Right. Which was a foot-long hot dog with pinto beans, uh, salsa, uh, and it was also bacon-wrapped. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? That seems like it's a specialty dog. Let me try that, right? Because right. that's what I've been like looking forward to. And the service was mega slow. And it was mega slow not because it was a lot of people. It was slow because I think the uh, folks working behind the counter were just very, very relaxed. Right. They were in no hurry. People cut in line to get a glass of ice, and the guy would help them. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're ignoring the people that are in line. And so it wasn't cool, but hey, if you don't want to be there, then you're going to be a little bit more relaxed. And that's what he was. 
But the food actually was not worth the wait. That's a bummer. Yeah, my hot dog was warm, but... The toppings the, were cold. The, the, the pinto beans that are supposed to be warm were cold. Like You know, salsa should be cold, so I, I, don't, I don't fault that. But it was just like a weird mix of, you know, warm, not hot, hot dog, and then cold beans on it. Let me ask you a question, and this not just good. popped into my head. What's the capacity of Dodger Stadium? 56, 54? Over 55,000. What's the capacity of Petco Park? You looked it up yesterday. I didn't look it up, but it's like 40-something. And how about Chase? I don't know. 40-something probably. You think it has to do with the fact that the Dodgers are preparing food for 10,000 more people? So their, has, their food has to be, they probably not, it's quantity rather than quality. Well, there's definitely a different sense of urgency. Yeah, Dodger Stadium, they are on it. They, they, they're on it. The lines are long, but the lines move quick. Right. Right? And so I appreciate that. I don't like it when I walk up and I see a line that goes beyond the turnstiles and stuff. But, hey, you right. know, they, they, do, they do understand that there's a volume that has to be serviced, and they, they do a good job with it. So would you ever return to Chase Field? Have you, would, it, would you be like, hey, i got to go back and see a game there? Um, not, not to experience it anymore, but if there's, like, an important game that, is going on at Chase Field, I'll go, but not because, hey, I had a great experience. Right. If the Dodgers are in the playoffs and I happen to be in Phoenix, Here I can go. catch a game, I'm going to go. I'm not going to really think I'm going to have great accommodations and food and I'll plan accordingly. Right. But I'll go, but no, I don't need to go see that place again. Petco? No. Petco was fun. Petco or Oracle? You've been to Oracle, I have not. Listen, I'm going to get into some bias here. But when I go to a baseball game, I don't want to take a parka. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Pet Oracle Park is a is beautiful, beautiful stadium. But it gets so cold there. Right. You're rubbing your hands together, and that's not a baseball experience. Well, it is if you live on the East Coast, but not on the West. It's a playoffs, but not. It shouldn't be. Baseball's a summer game, right? You shouldn't yeah. be doing that. And in you should August. feel like you should feel like it's a summertime. Like I come outside, and you know the. Seven o'clock, the temperature just breaks. It's beautiful to sit outdoors. I can imagine Petco being that way. Dodger Stadium is that way. But when I go to Oracle, I have to make sure I've got my gloves and a puffy jacket because it gets cold. And it's and it's you know like I Mark Twain I guess is famous for saying I've never had a winter as worse as cold as a summer in San Francisco. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. That's a detraction for me. So if you're asking me to choose, the weather plays a huge role in it, and San Diego's got to take that. All right. Dodger Stadium uh, in the evening will probably rival Petco, but evening games in San Francisco, I don't look forward to. Both stadiums, a little crowded, a little tight on the seating. A little tight on the seating. I've noticed both, both stadiums. Well, the guy, bigger... next to me, the guy next to me today was man-spreading. I'm a bigger guy. Uh, I, I wanted to say I should have flipped and given you the aisle seat. I'm sorry. And there was a seat across the aisle that was open. I could have just jumped over there. And no, like, but you shouldn't have to move because it's crowded. Right. He right. was also rude to the beer guy. He was rude to the beer guy. He didn't need to be that way. Um, I think he Petco was, Park was fine to me. Yeah. Um, what I liked about Petco, not a lot of stadiums do that. The seats were turned towards the uh, towards, towards the uh, home plate uh, not 
a lot of in the stadiums where that is not the case. Okay. I didn't think it was anything groundbreaking. No, but I thought it was nice. It's it nice. nice. I thought about that. All right. Fair enough. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the Petco game, I think, was a better game. The Petco park facilities was better. The Petco food was better. Um, ingress and egress, I'll give it to the Arizona. It was easy to get in and out of the right. stadium, park, etc. But, you know, I'm not going for a good parking experience. I'm going for all yeah. the other experiences. So, also, boil it all down, also walking better. through the gas line, we walked like five blocks. It, that was an experience in and of itself. So I thought that was kind of like, yeah, that that fed into the whole experience, which I liked. Yeah, I'll give you that. You like that? I like that. All right, here we go. It's time for Dodger trivia with Hiddish Patel. Don't look. Hiddish, where were the Los Angeles Dodgers originally located? Was it Baltimore, Dallas, Brooklyn, or Boston? Brooklyn. I'm not even going to make any jokes about it. Brooklyn. Move on. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, the team was established in New York in 1883, moved to Los Angeles before the 1958 season. The nickname Dodgers originally referred to dodging A, horse droppings, B, trolleys, C, the police, D, bullets. Trolley Dodgers. In 1892, the city of Brooklyn began replacing its slow-moving horse-drawn trolley lines with faster, more powerful electric trolley lines. In less than three years, electric trolley accidents in Brooklyn had resulted in more than 130 deaths and maimed well over 500 people. As a result, the term trolley dodgers was attached to the Brooklyn ball club. You know, you know what's interesting? So you're saying that they changed their name to the Dodgers, but what were they before that? The bridegrooms. The Superbas. The Superbas and the bridegrooms. And the bridegrooms. That's the Brooklyn right. bridegrooms. What were the Superbas? What does that mean? I don't know, dude. Which Dodger was the youngest player ever elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame? Was it Sandy Koufax? Was it Jackie Robinson? Was it Petey Reese? Or was it Duke Snyder? Sandy Koufax retired early. He would be the youngest Dodger to go in. Koufax's career peaked with a run of outstanding of six outstanding years from 1961 to 1966 before arthritis in his left elbow ended his career prematurely at the age of 30. He was, so he was inducted at 35. Though. He was 36, 36. 1972. Yeah, some players are still playing at that age. Which Dodger was the first African-American to play Major League Baseball in the modern era? Roy Campanella, Jackie Robinson, Jim Gilliam, Pee Wee Reese. Pee Wee Reese wasn't even African-American. <laughs> but he was around the time Jackie Robinson right. came to play. And Jackie Robinson is the answer. What legendary Dodgers broadcaster called games from 1950 to through 2016. Do I even need to read the... Ben Scully, move on. No one has done it better. Uh, the first, the Dodgers were the first MLB team to allow a female sports journalist into the locker room. Who was that journalist? Was it Lisa Guerrero? Was it Anita Martini? Melissa Ludke? Or Gail Gardner? The first one or the second one, but I think I'll go with Lisa Guerrero. Oh. Ah. We don't know the answer. Didn't give the answer. You said it might have been Anita Martini? Late in the 1974 baseball season, after the Los Angeles Dodgers defeated the Houston Astros, boo, to win the National League pennant, Anita Martini lined up with male reporters to enter the Dodgers' locker room. Good for her. Predictably, she was refused access, but she asked to speak with... 
Dodgers manager Walter Alston, who allowed her to enter. Nice. She conducted she conducted interviews that day with Alston, Steve Garvey, and Jimmy Wynn. Center fielder Jimmy Wynn? Mm-hmm. I think so. Anyway. Who did the Dodgers defeat to win their first World Series? Was it the Minnesota Twins? Was it the New York Yankees? Was it the Baltimore Oreos? Or was it the Chicago White Sox? That one's a toughie, and I'm going to guess the Twins. No, it was. I'm pretty sure it was the Yankees. So, Twins, no. Yankees, yes. 55 World Series was against the Yankees. Right. How many World Series did the Dodgers lose before winning their first championship? Was it three? Was it five? Was it seven? Or was it one? It was a lot. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance is going to come into play here. Like, I don't want to know. But let's say three. I think it was three. Oh, was it five? It was five. It was a lot. It was a lot. They lost to the New York Yankees five times. 1941, 47, 49, 52, 53. So when you ask if, I, if I'm, oh, why do you hate the Yankees? That's why. Hate them. You hate them because they're good. That's not that bad. I hate the Astros because they cheat. Right. Move on. Which Dodgers pitchers went straight? Which Dodger pitcher went straight to the major leagues? Was it Oral Hershiser? Clayton Kershaw? Fernando Valenzuela? Or Darren Dreyfus? Wow. I think it's Dreifert or Valenzuela. Valenzuela was an emergency starter. You know what? Let's go with Dreifert. Oh, yes. After being drafted second overall behind only A-Rod in the 1993 Major League Draft, Driver became one of only a few select players to make his professional debut in the majors. Oh, you know who else I think did this? And we, we won't know. Someone will verify it. Um, the Jim Abbott? Is that true? I, Jim Abbott, the one-handed pitcher. Right. For the California Angels, I think, went straight to the majors. What did Dodger, I'll look it up. What did Dodgers players win? If they hit the Abe Stark sign at Ebbets Field, did they win a turkey dinner, a free trolley ride, a car, or a suit? Turkey dinner. A suit. I think it's a suit. It was a suit. No one went to car back then. No. Here we go. Which pitcher was known for his distinctive tornado delivery, pitching windup, and delivery? Don Drysdale, Don Sutton... Hideo Nomo, Takashi Saito. As um, Harry Curry said, Hideo Nomo. Hideo. Late great Harry Curry. I forgot about Takashi Saito, man. Takashi Saito. Kazuhishi Ishii. Kazuhisha Ishii. Which player was signed by the Dodgers illegally? Was it Gavin Lutz, Julio Urias, Adrian Beltre, John, Joe Huxhall? Who was signed illegally? Mm-hmm. Well, the first three are actually Dodgers. And so I would probably say the one that uh, 
has no Huck's Hall. Nope. Signed illegally. Okay, tell me. I think it's Beltray. Before putting on stricter... The youngest, the youngest player. Yeah, MLB investigated the Dodgers for signing Dominican-born Edgerton Beltre at the age 15, a year earlier than he was eligible. Did he lie on his... Uh, Maybe. Birth certificate? Which Dodgers Hall of, Fame, Hall of Famer had more strikeouts than innings pitched? More strikeouts than innings pitched. Was it Drysdale, Koufax, Roy Campanella... Jim Bunning. Koufax. Trevor Hoffman, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Nolan Ryan are the only pitchers elected to the Hall of Fame who had more strikeouts than innings pitched. Which Dodger won the very first National MLB Rookie of the Year award? Joe Black, Don Newcomb, Jackie Robinson, Jim Gilliam. Roy Award, the first rookie of the year. Campanella? No, I believe it was. Uh, no, Campanella's on is Joe Black, Don Newcomb, Robinson, Gilliam. Oh, sorry. Let's go Robinson. That was it. I knew he got a lot of awards. Which Dodgers pitcher was the very first recipient of the Cy Young Award? Was it Drysdale, Koufax, Newcomb, or Johnny Potras? The very first recipient of the Cy Young Award. Koufax. Then uh, Johnny Potras. Newcomb. Newcomb was, the, Newcomb was the first pitcher to win Rookie of the Year, MVP, and Cy Young awards during his career. Great. That's awesome. This distinction would not be achieved again until 2011 when Detroit Tigers pitcher Justin Verlander... Ugh, forget it. <laughs> which, Dodgers, which Dodger holds the team record for career stolen bases? Is it Maury Wills? Eric Young, Davey Lopes, Juan Pierre. Who was the first one? Maury Wills. Maury Wills. Maury Wills. Sold 490 bases. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Ricky stole, I think, 900 or 1,000. How long did it take Clayton Kershaw to work his way through the Dodgers farm system? Two years, three years, one year, or did he go straight to the majors? I think it's two years. One year. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think he debuted in 2008, and I thought he was drafted in 2006. But what do I know? Drafted seventh in the 2006 MLB draft, Kershaw worked his way through the farm system in just one full season, reaching the majors at 20 years old and debuting in 2008. So drafted. Oh, I got the years right. Yeah, drafted 2006. So seven was the full year, and then he went in at eight. Useless. Yeah. I'm upset about that one. That that's wrong on a technicality. I knew the answer. Uh, which Brooklyn Dodger was the very first World Series MVP? And oh. by the way, you get drafted in the middle of the, the the season, and you debut at the beginning of the year. 
So 2006 to 2008. I think it was were, almost two years. Yeah, I think. They, but they, I'm not. I, I'm not happy with that. They. I thought. But I felt. I would think they would mean a baseball year, so a baseball season, like a full season. How That's the way years? I would. How many years? I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen as the impartial judge. I'm gonna say I. I understood what they meant. I understood what they asked. Move on. That's true. Which Brooklyn Dodger was the very first World Series MVP? You already said this. Newcomb, Robinson, Padres, Campanella. Robinson. Right. Oh. Oh, World Series MVP. Sorry. I fucked you up there. Newcomb. Wow. Roy. Johnny Padres or Roy Campanella? Then I'll go Campanella. Johnny Padres! Hey! 1955 for the worst time in World Series history. A, an MVP was selected, Johnny Padres, winning a pitcher of games three and seven. He was 2-0, and oh, with both him. wins being complete games. Good for him. Back it, when that was normal. Including the seven, the series clinching game seven shutout. Threw a fucking shutout in a full, that is insane. Uh, which Dodger holds the team record, oh God, for, mo- for career home runs? Career home runs. Duke Snyder. Jackie Robinson, Gil Hodges, Eric Carros. Eric Carros. Damn. Snyder. Damn, dude. I thought I thought EK was going to come up somewhere as a good answer. Snyder finished his major league career with a lifetime 295 batting average, 2116 hits, 1259 runs, 407 home runs. And thirteen hundred and thirty-three ribbies. That's not. Those are not bad stats. Yeah, but four hundred home runs is not five hundred. That's true. Five hundred is the standard for great home run hitter. So, that's okay. Dodgers don't have a great home run. Well, yeah, that's true. They've never had big home run hitters. In twenty thirteen, how many uh, placements did the Dodgers make on the disabled list? Was it twenty five, fifteen, twenty, or ten? Twenty-five. Uh, what type of question is that? Injuries were a big part of the 2013 season as there were 25 replacements. Chad Billingsley, Josh Beckett, uh, Scott Elbert were lost for the entirely for the entire season. Uh, Matt Kemp went on the disabled list three times and had two operations. Thanks, Rihanna. And Andre Ethier played on a micro-fractured leg. Yeah, but who keeps track of things like that. Like, how many times did you go and use it disabled list? Eh. Which pitcher was nicknamed the Bulldog? Was it Zach Greinke, Bob Welch, Hideo Nomo, or Orel Hershiser? Orel Hershiser is the Bulldog. What position did Pee Wee Reese primarily play? Was it third base, first base, second base, or shortstop? Shortstop. Which of the manager, which manager of the LA Dodgers was nicknamed Smokey? Burley Grimes, Walter Olson, Tommy Lasorda, Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel was the Dodger manager? Maybe not. Might be a trick question. Yeah. I don't know. Walter Olson. Damn, bro. Which former Red Sox player wore number 99 for the Dodgers in 2009? Manny Wood. Manny Ramirez. Who did the Dodgers play in their first regular season home game at Ebbets Field? Was it the Braves, the Pirates, the Yankees, or the Phillies? Pirates. Phillies. They lost their first game at Ebbets Field. 
Ebbetsfield, one to nothing on April 9th, 1913. That was a high-scoring game. One to nothing. In which round of the MLB draft did the Dodgers pick 1969 National League Rookie of the Year Ted Sizemore? First, third, 15th, or 7th? 7th. 15th. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, last round. Oh, no, that was the last round. Thank goodness, man. I'm still like trying to figure out disabled lists and how many years Clayton Kershaw. You did a great job, man. Two years. I got the dates right. Well, we're gonna head to bed because we have to be up. We're gonna have to get up for our continental breakfast, and uh, so we're gonna sign off tonight. So, uh, you have any final thoughts on this trip, uh, he too? Anything you wanna leave with the kids out there? They're planning to do a baseball road trip. You know, it was a fun little trip. It was only a couple of days, but I really, I was telling you earlier, I really felt like it was a nice getaway. Uh, It was a nice, fun time. I had a good time. I had a good time too. I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing it. Um, I know that it isn't everyone's cup of tea, but what may be your cup of tea is just to do a roadie to go see a movie, do a roadie to do something. Because half of the time, it's not really what you do at the end, but the journey that you take. Right, and we got to listen to a lot of uh, booty songs last night in the middle of the desert, and it really was uh, a bonding experience. Yes, you have a booty playlist. We do. Thanks to Twitter. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to Twitter. If you were part of that list and put it together, I want you to know it got put to good use as we were crossing the desert last night. You know, when when your attention is sagging, the booty songs work. Booty, booty, booty. Booty, 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 booty. booty. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to sign off. So for Hitchash... And myself, we say this transmission ends now. Fight the power. Think blue. Go Dodgers. Uh, We'll see you later, kids. Bye-bye.